Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 33 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. So, in today's episode, we will continue answering uh, one of our listeners' questions. Um, um, Carolyn, thank you so much again for asking your questions, and I hope that uh, last episode uh, um, regarding patience in Islam answered your questions. Um, now, I want to move on to um, another topic, uh, but before I do so, I would also like to, you know, uh, remind uh, uh, the listeners uh, um, again, and thank you all so much for listening and, you know, um, uh, giving some time uh, to understand more about Islam, whether you're Muslim or, or not. Uh, please, if you have any questions, just um, email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com again delvingintoislam at gmail.com if you have any questions please um, do not hesitate to um, uh, to email me and uh, God's willing I will be able to answer your questions um, in um, in you know one of the upcoming uh, podcast episodes so with that being said um, I want to just get get you know get straight into it um, we want to talk about, um, and it's not going to be a long topic today, but it's very important as well. So we want to talk about um, making dua in Islam. What is making dua? What does that mean? Supplication. Asking God for something. Asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something. You want stuff to happen to you. You want to raise. You want a better job. You want to do this. You want to do that. So you want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something. That actually happens all the time. We, we ask God and, and all religions do so. Uh, they pray to God for this and that. Uh, so we want to talk about, uh, explain it a little bit from an Islamic perspective. So how would you want to, you know, uh, first of all, uh, it's some, some people uh, are under the impression that um, asking God for something must be related to the hereafter. Like, oh, Allah sent me to uh, make me, you know, go to Jannah, paradise, and, uh, you know, make me stay away from hellfire, which is <laughs> the best, technically the best dua or the best supplication you could ever make. That That's that's the one, because that's our ultimate goal. But that does not negate the fact that we can make dua or we can, you know, ask Allah for stuff in this life as well. It's not wrong. You know, it's very Islamic, by the way, to ask Allah for everything you want, whether it's in this life or in the hereafter. So that's something that we need to understand very well, that we don't have to ask Allah only for stuff related to the hereafter. Don't be shy. Be like, oh, it's like, what would I ask Allah for? For a car? Would I ask God for like a raise? I don't know. Like, you know, God is bigger than this. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told you, ask me for anything you want. You know, as long as it's something good, something halal, not something that's, you know, unlawful or because basically Allah won't answer you. Or actually, if Allah answers you regarding something bad, it will be a test to you. We'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, that's that's um, so that's uh, one of the misconceptions about like, oh, we can't ask Allah for stuff in this life. Yes, absolutely, we can. Now, um, there are etiquettes of asking Allah. Um, number one is you actually have to ask Allah a lot. Actually, the Prophet ﷺ and actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself said that 
look here this insane part right asking allah for stuff making dua supplication is as important as it's actually worshiping allah it's a form of worshiping allah so people will be like what so me asking for stuff to happen like for good things to happen to me is actually worshiping god how is that even possible yes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the Quran huh? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was talking about dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says make dua for me Make supplication for me Ask me for stuff And I'll respond uh, Of course properly um, Those who Look, look, look Those who are too arrogant to worship me will have their, you know, like their punishment or will have their, you know. So Allah's saying, again, you have to understand, Allah's saying, make, ask me for stuff. Ask me, make supplication for things to happen to you, no problem. But if you're too arrogant, this is the rest of the verse, to worship me, then you're in trouble, basically. So Allah literally said that actually asking him for stuff is worshiping him. Do you see how, 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 how that was, you know, phrased in in the so in the, in the verse. So Allah is telling you, worship me. What does that mean? Worship me. Ask me for stuff. That's one form of worshiping Allah. That's very important. Have you ever seen like, <laughs> Subhanallah? That shows you that God is God. At the end of the day, it's it's Allah. Allah is like God. He's not a human being. That like He's telling you that it's a must to ask me for things. Nobody does that. You know, when, you, when somebody tells you, you know what, you can ask me whatever you want anytime. If, if another person tells you that, you'll be like, are you sure? Be like, yeah, yeah, anytime. And if you keep asking, asking, eventually they get tired and exhausted. This is, this is human nature. But imagine God is telling you it's a must. It's a form of worship to ask me for stuff. Subhanallah. It's brilliant. And it's like, it shows you that he's the almighty. Subhanallah. It's a form of, you actually cannot not ask him for stuff it's un-islamic and that's why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called those who never ask him for anything that they're too arrogant you don't think you need allah you don't think you need god really you don't think so you know subhanallah like even if you have a mansion or if you have the best job in the world and you know the most blessed family in the world and whatever would that be a reason why you wouldn't ask allah for more by the way, Allah keeps saying, ask for more. Keep asking. Like even the companions, when the Prophet says you can ask Allah for anything all the time, it's unlimited. It's unlimited. Can you imagine this? You can again ask a person for stuff. Let's say the most close person who is, um, uh, you know, who's willing to help you. And, and I'm going to, I also want to tackle this point for, uh, for a second. But then they're going to get exhausted if you keep asking every single day. But Allah never gets tired of that. He, get, he never gets tired of answering your prayers when it comes to certain things. And here's the difference. When you ask your friend or someone who's really close to you for a favor, they'll do whatever it takes to help you. Let's say that they're really that good, right? But at the end of the day, they're not that powerful. They, there might be things that you would want that they can't do it. They're human beings. But you're asking the almighty, all-powerful for whatever you want, as long as it's, you know, lawful and halal and good stuff. You're asking Almighty, the Almighty, the one who could do anything in this world. 
You know, subhanAllah, Allah subhanAllah mentions this. This is incredible. If you keep asking Allah, Allah says, if you keep asking me for things all the time, every single moment, not every single day, every single moment from the day you're born until the day you die, it will not, it will decrease from my dominion, Allah's dominion, as if you put a needle in the middle of the ocean. You see how tiny the needle is? You dip it in the, in the ocean and then you take it out. You, do you understand? You dip a needle in the ocean and you take it out. What did you take from the ocean? What kind of water did you absorb from the ocean? What, what, what did you take from the ocean? Absolutely nothing. So Allah subhanAllah literally tells you it's the same way. You, you're not going to decrease from my dominion a single thing. Ask and I'll give you as much as you want. And as much as I see fit to you too. And this is we're going to get to that in a little bit. Do not hesitate to ask. The Prophet ﷺ says, when you ask Allah to go to paradise, ask Him for the highest level of paradise. We know that paradise is actually a hundred levels. Inshallah, we'll talk uh, in more detail about like paradise and hellfire in, in, in much more depth and detail. But for now, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, actually Jannah or paradise is more than a hundred levels. It depends on you know the level of your faith and how you lived your life and whatnot. Inshallah, hopefully, we will be from the ones who go uh, into uh, paradise and be exempt from being in hellfire. Inshallah. So the Prophet ﷺ tells us, when you make du'a, ask Allah to put you in the highest level, even though you know. Even though you know you're not that good. You try to be as best as you can, right? But you know that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm an average Muslim. I'm, I do what I can, but I'm not there. Still ask Allah for the highest level. Because you never know, man. You never know, brother and sister. You never know. You never know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very unpredictable, number one. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may very much put you why would Allah what would the Prophet tell you ask him for the highest level? He's not playing games with us. He's not playing games with us. He's just telling you that if you ask Allah for the highest level, Allah might get put you in that highest level of Jannah. Don't be cheap in asking because Allah ain't cheap in giving you. Do you understand? Allah's not cheap when it comes to giving his servants. So why are you cheap when it comes to asking? That's the funny part. Some of us get actually lazy asking Allah for stuff. Oh, I'm just going to like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, just make dua. Do not underestimate the power of dua, the power of supplication. Do not underestimate it. Wallahi, do not underestimate it. You have no idea. So, ask Allah. Now, what is the proper way of asking Allah for stuff what is the proper way of you know praying to Allah for things certain things to happen to you well number one and this is you know a well-known thing about you know alhamdulillah known about Islam you literally can ask Allah for anything you want anytime and anywhere there is no restrictions now were are there certain things more preferred than others absolutely and we'll talk about that but there are no restrictions for you asking Allah. You could be just driving your car, coming back from work. 
and you just decide to ask Allah, oh Allah, I need this, please may Allah, you know, provide me with this. I need a raise at work. You know, I need to have uh, I know, uh, another child or a child. Oh Allah, give me this. Oh Allah, give me a new car. Oh Allah, I need a bigger house. Oh Allah, I need nothing is off limits as long as it's lawful, right? Okay. But there are things that based on the sunnah the Prophet used to, to, to do and tell us will make the acceptance of the dua even better. How? Number one, and the Prophet is based uh, on an authentic hadith. The Prophet says that when you are praying, when, you, when you're doing the five daily prayers, right? Um, and you are prostrating, which is called in Arabic sujood. You're doing the sujood. You're prostrating. Your head is touching the floor, saying subhana rabbi al-ala, subhana rabbi al-ala, you know, three times. This is the closest we are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, believe it or not. This is the closest we are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you're doing sujood, when you are the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ask him for things. This is what the Prophet told us. Ask. Because this is the closest that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer your dua. So take your time in sujood. Don't do like, oh, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then just get up. Don't make it too quick. Take your time. Now, I have to tell you uh, that you also need to be sincere. So uh, let me, I just want to get back to one point, which is why are we the closest to Allah in this position? Because what is the most honorable body part that we have? Think about it. Honorable. It's our heads. Your head is the most honorable part. That's why. You know, when people get smacked on the face or it's a big deal and, and actually boxing is not halal and, and boxing in, in, in Islam is, is, is a very hated sport because you keep punching the face. But uh, beside the point, boxing is not lawful in Islam because it involves bruising the other guy, the other person's face. But again, because the face is the most honorable part. So when you put the most honorable body part on the floor, on the lowest level, you actually, subhanAllah, get the closest to Allah. Allah lifts you up in the higher ranks right at that moment. So that's why you're so close to Allah. SubhanAllah, look at the beauty of Islam. Basically, basically, the more humble you are, the higher you are in the sight of Allah. That's basically what it is, what it means. You are breaking your ego, you know, your stride, your uh, whatever, by putting your head on the floor for the sake of Allah, clean floor, of course, for the sake of Allah, to pray to Allah. So Allah lifts you up high. Literally, you are the closest to Allah at this point. And that's what Islam is all about, being humble, not being arrogant, you know, for the sake of Allah and when you're dealing with other people as well. So when you are the closest to Allah, Allah answers your dua. Also, uh, when you are uh, doing the uh, the tashahud, um, when you are sitting and saying the final part, whether tashahud before you say salam, before you do salam while praying, you can also after you finish the tashahud make whatever the dua you want to, and inshallah it will be accepted. Not after you finish. 
before you do the salam. Not after the salam, before the salam. After you, right after you say the tashahud. But the closest one is the one when you're prostrating. Okay? So yeah, that's basically it. So subhanAllah, it's it's again, you can make dua anytime, anywhere, on your bed before you go to sleep. When you first wake up. You could do any you could do dua anywhere, anytime you want, like I said. But if you want it to be proper based on the sunnah, that's how you make it. Now, when we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remember, remember, Allah will answer whatever, um, whatever, wh- whomever he wants on whatever he wants. So Allah will answer whatever the dua you want to make. Uh, you you want to make Allah will answer whatever He wants to you know answer from that dua for good reasons and we'll talk about that and He'll answer also whomever He wants. Some people might not be answered for certain reasons that we do not know. I, I, well, we know some. We might not know some. And I'll get again. I'm sorry. Uh, I keep saying I'll get to that, but I'll, I'll promise I'll get to it right away. But I just the point that I wanted to um, clear out before um, before I move on is that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, uh, um, when the companions asked, Allah, uh, asked the Prophet sallam, can we make dua to Allah like anything we want? And the Prophet sallam says, anything you want. Then the companions <laughs> responded and they said, oh, Prophet of Allah, don't open that door. Because once you open that door, we'll never stop asking. And the Prophet sallam said, ask whatever you want. And then he mentioned that needle. That's what I'm trying to... I was trying to get to the story of the needle in the middle of the ocean that you can ask Allah for anything and you will not decrease from his dominion a drop even of you know water in the middle of the ocean. So that's basically it. Ask Allah, don't, don't be afraid. And don't think you're too greedy. There is no, you have to actually be greedy as much as you can when you're asking Allah for good stuff. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is the, this, the part that I said I'm going to get to it later. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might not answer everybody. He could answer some people and might not answer the dua of other people. Now, what does that mean? Well, number one, let's talk about the categories of people making dua. Or not the people, the categories of answering the dua. So the first category is a dua that is being answered. Right? Okay, you make a dua. Oh Allah, please, I want to get... Um, a new whatever A Lamborghini Let's say Even though Muslims shouldn't be st- extravagant But whatever Maybe in a, in a in a in a week A couple of days, a week, a month You get the Lamborghini You get a good crazy raise or whatever at work And you have the money to afford it Here you go So this is a dua being answered Oh Allah I want to marry that person Great, make the dua And proper time a week, two, month, you know, two, and you get married to that person. Wonderful. Now, this is the first type of the dua, and this is the easy one. This is the one that we all want, right? This is the one that everybody makes dua, wants to, you know, the response to be like that. Okay, very clear cut, and that's it. But here's the problem. Or not a problem, it's a problem when it, you know, from our perspective. Sometimes we make dua for something to happen. Oh, Allah, I want to marry that person. But you never get to marry them. And that person leaves. So what happens then? Well, there's, there are a couple of things. Number one, that person was never good to you and you never knew it. But who knows everything? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's number one. You have to understand that, guys. 
Ladies, you have to understand this. Sometimes you make dua for something and that thing is not good for you. And this is actually mentioned in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, be aware, you might want something so much, but it's really bad for you. And you might hate something so much, you don't want it, but it's really good for you. Wallahu ya'lamu antum la ta'lamun. And Allah knows what you do not know. This is in the Quran. And that applies also on making dua, asking Allah for stuff. You ask Allah for something. You want to get this job so bad, but this job could dis- literally destroy your life. You just don't know it yet. Who knows the future? It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah won't answer that dua in that case. For your own sake. That's why when you make a dua, you have to trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, you have to trust in him. You have to know that he knows what's good and what's not. So you make the dua, you make your best and you just wait for the result and keep it up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Trust in Allah's judgment. You know, Sometimes Allah tests you. Now, Allah sometimes does not answer the dua because it's going to be harmful for you, right? So now we, did, we, we talked about two types. Allah answers it right away. Allah does not answer it because it's bad for you. And Allah, by the way, even if Allah does not answer your dua, Allah actually will give you something in return, like an alternative. You know, Allah will give you something. Do not worry about it. This is a hadith actually. Allah will always give you something for your dua. Sincere dua, of course. Even if it's not what you wanted, it's what was what is good for you. Because again, at the end of the day, we're humans. We don't know what we want. We think we want something, but then it turns out it's horrible for us and it does not work out. But Allah knows what's best for all of us. Now, the third type is, sometimes Allah answers the dua, but Allah takes his time with it. And this could be a test for your patience. Remember patience from last episode? This could be a test for your patience. You want to ask, you're asking for something, but it's taken its time to come to you. So you're impatient. You're like, wow, Allah, why? I keep making dua. And, and then you stop making the dua and you give up easily. And that's a test that you just failed. Do not fail the test. Listen, if there's always hope that you get something and you're trying your best to get it, leave it up to Allah. Keep making dua. Do what you do. Keep making dua. Do not give up on Allah because Allah never gives up on us. So why do you give up on Allah? Until either it happens to you and that means you you actually passed the test now. You're patient, you made the dua, you did your best and you're waiting, you're patient. That's the perfect combination by the way for a Muslim. Or you made dua, you're patient but you didn't get it eventually because it was never going to be good for you and also that was a test for you. Or sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers the dua in a way that you do not expect. Like I said, Allah sometimes does unexpected things because He is Allah. He knows what, it's not, He's not playing games with us, but it's stuff that we do not understand. So sometimes Allah will answer your dua in a different way, in a twisted way, in a good way, of course. You know, in something that's not as a clear cut. But a true Muslim, a true believer will know that whatever happened, is this what's best for them? Or whatever happened is, you know, was what they wanted all along. It just was, you know, with a twist on it. 
Don't worry. You're asking Allah for stuff will never, ever, ever have some like bad, res- bad effect on you. It will always result in good, inshallah. Whether you understand that good and you see it right away or not. Sometimes Allah actually does not answer you, your dua in this life because he's leaving that answer to the afterlife. Which also will be better for you. Allah knows every single individual, every single one of us. And he knows how to assess us and assess our situations more than far more than we do. So don't worry. Just do your best. Make the dua and trust in the process. Trust in Allah's process. So that's basically it when it comes to dua. By the way, every single prophet is known for making dua in times of stress. Uh, Eunice or Jonah, when he was in the belly of the whale, in the darkest, deepest place on the planet. What was his dua? And this is a dua that we all should should understand. Uh, he said, uh, Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh huh? Allah, there is no Allah but there is no God but you Almighty. I was or I committed injustice. Allah put you in a bad situation, blame yourself all the time and ask for his, for his help. Oh praise to you, you're the only God, you're the only Lord. I was unjust. In whatever you did. And what did Allah do? Allah released him back. Jonah. Ibrahim. Abraham. When he was put in, hell, in, in, in the fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made dua to Allah. Oh Allah you saved me. You are my protector. Guess what happened? Allah commanded fire to be cold. And not harm Ibrahim. And this is his famous story with his people. Jesus, Moses, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Noah, every single prophet we know was known to be making du'as to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're prophets, right? Do you think everything will be, you know, answered to them right away? They still made the effort of the du'a. So what about us now? How about us? We should make the effort to make the du'a. So that's basically it for the dua. It's always good, inshallah, for all of us. It's always good. It's always good. Just trust in Allah's process. Trust in Allah's process. You want to ask for anything? Go ahead. It's mandatory for Muslims to actually ask Allah. You want to do this every single salah? Good for you. You should. Do it as much as you can. Do it as much as you can. You know, it's, it is it is what it is. Allah answers the dua. He can hear everyone and see everyone. You're asking the most powerful entity in this universe for something. What do you think will happen? Again, even if it doesn't happen right away, there is a wisdom behind it. And trust in Allah's wisdom, trust in Allah's destiny as well. So that was it for, you know, making it. I know it was a brief kind of... Uh, uh, topic, but I just want to move on to answer the final question for uh, my dear listener, uh, Carolyn. Thank you again so much uh, for bringing up those topics. Uh, and the question was simply, uh, what's the, the ruling regarding Muslims 
new converts or reverts who are uh, celebrating Christmas because of their families are non-Muslim. Basically, they have non-Muslim families, so they have to celebrate Christmas or uh, Halloween, whatever, like all like um, religious uh, holidays, right? So here's the 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 the, the ma- what the majority of the scholars say regarding the holidays. Uh, any religious holiday that basically promotes the idea that Allah is not the only God that there are like for example celebrating Christmas even though it's very economical currently because he wasn't born on the 25th of, of December whatever but like it's more of about the economy but it's the celebration of the birth of God and God was not born we, we know this you know as Muslims now we know this so and, and God has no sons no children no parents so this holiday is basically promoting the idea that God is someone who has associates, who has children and family, and God forbid, that's not the case. We all know that now. So any holiday that promotes this, try to avoid it as much as you can. And if your family know that you're Muslim, just be polite about it. By the way, being a Muslim is, has nothing to do with being vulgar about, oh, uh, you guys are crazy for celebrating. No, 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 no. Everyone has their religion and they have their beliefs. So be polite about it, be nice about it, it's your family. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to be nice to our families, even if they're not Muslims. You have to understand that. So respectfully refuse, you don't want to be a part of a ritual like this. You know. Uh, same thing, by the way, when it comes to uh, attending funerals and stuff where they talk about Jesus, the, the Son of God, or the Lord, uh, our Lord and Savior, a Muslim should not attend. This is actually a, a, a documented in the seerah, in, in a biography of the Prophet You shouldn't attend any ceremony or any type of holiday that promotes the idea, that has a religious connotation, that Allah is not the only God. And that, because this is the most sinful thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would never forgive if a person dies upon. But any, like, um, uh, uh, scholars differed about, like, celebrating um, uh, cultural uh, holidays. Uh, you know, like the 4th of July, whatever, that's, that's fine. That's, uh, any cultural holiday that's not religious or not connected to any religious uh, uh, aspect of, like, defying Allah or stuff like that or, you know, then you're, you should be absolutely fine. And even though the ones, that, the religious ones that you cannot uh, celebrate, uh, they uh, 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 be polite about it, be nice about it. Again, Muslim is always, uh, should be always in good character and kind to others. And uh, the last thing that I would want to tell you is that the Prophet ﷺ himself said that um, uh, Muslims have the best two days as holidays in this entire world. The Prophet ﷺ, when there were new converts from Medina, they started celebrating, they were doing stuff from Jahiliyyah, which is days before Islam. So the Prophet ﷺ asked them, well, what is this celebration? And they said, oh, this was a celebration before Islam, you know, it's not a big deal. Not a big deal. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Qad abdalakum Allahu khayran minhum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you two days, yawman, khayran minhum. Allah, which is what? Eid al-Fitr, Eid al-Adha. The, the Eid after, the holiday after Ramadan, right? It's one day. And then the holiday of Adha after the day of Arafah, when, you know, the pilgrimage, the season of pilgrimage of Hajj, the day of Adha, which is uh, the day after Arafah. And these are the most blessed two days in the sight of Allah in terms of holidays. And you have a, a weekly holiday, actually, which is Friday. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Friday is considered to be 
Friday is the best day of the week in the sight of Allah. You have to understand this. It is the best day of the week. Um, and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves Fridays. And that's why Friday is considered to be a happy day for all of us. Not TGIF, not because of, you know, work and we're going out. <laughs> and, and, and you know, uh, well, it could be that too, you know, if, if it's in a halal way. But my point is, you could sell, again, holiday, it's a matter of like, as long as it's not contradicting Islam and Islamic values and Allah, above all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you're good to go. You have no problem. But if when it comes to territory like celebrating the birth of Jesus or saying, oh, oh praise the Lord, and just be respectful about it and don't be a part of the celebration itself. You want to go see your family and whatever, it's fine. But celebrating, being in the vicinity of this is not something that's recommended in Islam. And I hope that answers all your questions. And thank you so much again for listening. For listening and inshallah, we'll uh, start new topics uh, starting next episode. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.